0: Welcome to The City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about The City, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Well, hello. Happy Sunday. Andre here. I'm the lead pastor at The City. A very good morning to you. Welcome to another episode of Church. I mean, our online gathering. It's been... uh, 13 weeks uh, that we've been doing the online gathering. This is week 13. And some uh, two weeks ago, we have crossed over having more online gatherings than physical gatherings for 2020. And so, you know, this time, though, it's been really uncomfortable for the community, though it's uh, not all that pleasant for many of us, I'm also really uh, heartened by the good that has emerged out of this time. I've seen many of you are taking uh, extra efforts, going uh, extra lengths to maintain, to deepen uh, relational commitments in this time, and so this has been really uh, happy and really uh, pleasing to, to see. Uh, we have also been able to put in uh, community rhythms uh, such as prayer and fasting into uh, the life of our church, something that we've always wanted to do, but really honestly haven't gotten uh, around the time to do it. And we're able to do it uh, in this time while we are distant, we're able to put in this practice. So I'm really, really happy to see uh, all the good that's been born. Uh, in this time. I want to encourage you to uh, continue to remain engaged, continue to love each other well, continue to practice, the rule of life, uh, the team, uh, as always, has great stuff planned for you in the weeks and the months ahead. Uh, we just finished this tutorial. And who knows, you might have more cooking videos, an exercise video, whatever have you. Encourage you to keep uh, engaged uh, with the life of the church. But more than that, no, I want to encourage you to maintain your spiritual fervor in this time, to stock the fire in your spirit in this time to read the Bible, to read books, to immerse yourself in podcasts, in times of prayer, and, and really tend to the flame in your heart. My vision for us as a church is when we come back together, when we reconvene in this hall, we won't be a church that is beaten, bruised and depressed, but we will come back stronger, more resilient, more on fire for the Lord. And I'm so excited for the day we're able to come back together. I want to cast a vision uh, for our church in this time that we will, uh, as a people, be so committed to our community, but also so committed to pursuing the Lord in our own time, that we will come back more on fire, more resilient, more strong than we ever were before and uh, so looking forward to seeing you in this hall uh, sometime soon, hopefully. Now, uh, as with that, I want to jump into this week's uh, teaching. As many of you know, we are on our brand new sermon series. This is week six. Uh, It's called People of the Spirit or POTS. Cue my Korean drama music. I want some snow, snow and all that good stuff. Well, it's really apt for me to mention Korean drama because just as it requires us to have a lot of patience to wade through the sheer dragginess of Korean dramas, I'm going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, that which is patience this morning. And uh, before I get started, I'd like to read uh, to you and over you a couple of uh, teaching texts that I'll be going into this morning and afterwards I'll begin with a time of prayer. Let's read the teaching text for today. Romans chapter 5. Verse 3, it says this, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's look at our text, James chapter 1, verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let's pray even as we begin. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the time that we get to spend together this morning, looking at your word, worshipping you, experiencing your presence, adoring you in this time. God, we don't take this for granted. We don't take your presence for granted. And God, I thank you that even this moment, while we may be physically apart, through your spirit, through your son's sacrifice on the cross, there is no distance. We are all united through your spirit that's in us, that's around us, even in this moment. And God, we thank you for the privilege that is your presence. We honour your holy presence. Wherever we're at, we honour your holy presence. And God, we ask, even as we look at scripture this morning, won't you speak to us in a fresh, new way? Spirit of God, we invite you to come rule reign, lead, guide and speak to us even as we dive into your word this morning. We thank you for this great privilege. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you would not know this. We live in an instant society, don't we, right? These days you can get uh, almost anything you want delivered to you at almost any time of the day. You want food at 3 in the morning, you have options, right? We live in a day that is marked both by accessibility, availability and expediency, right? First it was fast food, instant coffee and then we had Amazon next day delivery, sneak movie previews and whatever have you and everything followed uh, with that kind of pace, instant, fast, quick, accessible. Now, I don't personally know anyone that is more unqualified to speak on the subject of patience like Andre Tan, like myself. Uh, If you're familiar with me, you know that patience is definitely not my strong suit. It's definitely something that I'm not known for, it's something that I'm not great at. Uh, In fact, it's one of the primary things I struggle with, a lack of patience. I'm, for the most part, a really impatient person. Uh, Here's a bit of insight into how dysfunctional I am. Uh, I have a personal rule, if uh, you have to wait, for an item for more than five minutes in a line uh, the item is not worth purchasing and so i have on occasion gone to clothing stores you know i've taken 30 minutes to try on clothes to pick clothes uh and then go to the checkout line and see the line it's way too long walk back put all the stuff back and then leave you know i've done that really really often because i just don't believe in waiting in lines Uh, i also don't like shows that are full of suspense movies that are full of suspense and so i've been known this is something that i'm really known for i'll go into a movie and if it's too suspenseful you know there's too much complexity in the in the plot lines i would uh, break up my phone go on wikipedia look up the movie and find out plot lines and so 30 minutes in i'm already at the end of the movie i just don't like suspense i'm impatient and quite recently i was looking to purchase something online and i saw that uh, in my cart I was just $10 shy of uh, of of uh, achieving next day delivery, free next day delivery. And you know, with the items in my cart I already qualified for free delivery, just that it would take maybe three days. But I saw, man, if I spend 10 more dollars, I'll get it the next day. And so what did I do? I added... Another item that I didn't really need into my cart just to get free next-day delivery. All this to say, I struggle with patience. I don't know how many of you relate with me, jive with me this morning, or just think your pastor is just downright dysfunctional. But I believe many of you do struggle with patience, right? With instant food, fast food, uh, next-day shipping, beat the queue, pay more for faster download speeds, pay more to watch an early release of a movie. We are, if you would... If you believe it or not, we are as a generation so deeply shaped by this idea of uh, instantaneous gratification, of getting things fast now when we want it. Even as more is being done to narrow the timeline from wanting something to actually having something, we are increasingly as a people losing our ability to wait. And as a result, our culture as a whole often lacks patience, right? We are upset when we don't get things fast and immediate. We are frustrated when our movies, when our shows take too long to look. We are impulsive when we comment or tweet. We don't think it through. We are quick to respond in anger when things don't go our way or gosh forbid we have to wait longer than we want to. As a result of an instant society, Today, we live in an age of impatience. Biding time or waiting is more counter-cultural than it ever was before. In a way, our society monetizes our sense of impatience, and we have been conditioned to desire things fast, quick, now. And when it doesn't come to us expediently and efficiently, we feel almost a kind of justification to get angry, to get annoyed, to get rude, because after all, my time was wasted, and time is money. And also, we are inclined as a people to only extend patience to people to, to whom we are in a relationship with. Think of a person behind a counter, a telemarketer, a delivery rider, the faceless person standing in front of you in the train, that driver in front of us. In our pursuit of speed, efficiency, and expediency, we are perhaps the least patient generation in all of human history. Strong statement. But before you disconnect with that statement, take a step back and consider how your reactions have been in this time. How have your reactions been in prolonged times, seasons of waiting? Be it in a restaurant waiting for food, or on the phone with customer service, or even in anticipation for deliverance, for fulfillment of God's promise. How have you waited? Because here's the thing about patience. Patience isn't synonymous with waiting. Patience isn't synonymous with waiting. We all know you can wait. And you can do so impatiently, angry, rude, and upset. That is not patience. Patience, though it involves waiting, it isn't synonymous with waiting. And so it's safe to say that patience isn't just about waiting, it's about waiting well. Waiting well. And we know that this patience that we're, not, that we're talking about isn't just applicable to how you approach your amazon delivery it's applicable to all areas of our lives to our relationship with people to our relationship with god to a relationship with the world now if you think about it most sins and indulgences are built on the bedrock of instant gratification pornography is instant sexual release without the hard work of relational commitment in a covenant lying is instant release from uncomfortable situations without the hard work of honest conversation much of the flesh emerges by way of instant gratification. In contrast, the things of the spirit require time, require work, require effort. It requires patience. Patience, you know, this ability to wait, this ability to endure, or the lack of it, affects our relationships, our commitments and even the resilience of our faith in trying times right we are unable to reconcile without patience arguments get heated and sometimes turn violent we don't stick through often with what we say we would do and we don't have courage resilience perseverance and endurance to push through difficult situations because we lack patience and what we need today in our world in this world that is fast quick expedient that's built, economies, whole economies are built around this this value of instant gratification. What we need in our world today is more patience, not less of it. And it's here, especially in this cultural moment, where we are all collectively waiting, aren't we? We are waiting for businesses to open up, we're waiting for gatherings to resume, we're waiting to be reunited with friends, with loved ones, with extended families. Right now, all of our dating couples in this church Are practicing long-distance relationship and it might not be Singapore to the US but it might be Clemente to Pongo whatever and they're waiting to be reunited uh, with their boyfriend or girlfriend perhaps it is in this time where we wait while we wait that the Spirit wants to form in us that deep fruit of the Spirit that which is patience today for week six of our summer series People of the Spirit I'd like to speak to you on the subject of a patient endurance. Patient endurance. Now, I named it so because I think precisely this is the kind of patience that we need in these uncertain and stressful times. Not a kind of patience that is just niceness or tolerance, but that which is strong, robust, resilient, the kind of patience that will cause you to endure even hardships. It's not just a niceness. Or disposition but it is an overall state of being that which causes us to thrive even in trying circumstances that is patience now the dictionary defines patience as such the ability or capacity to remain patient the and the state of endurance under difficult circumstances and or persevering in the face of delay or provocation without acting upon it great definition Henry Nouwen, the great Catholic thinker, captures how many of us might might feel about the subject of patience, even as I'm talking about it this morning. He says this, Each time we hear the word patience, we tend to cringe. As children, we heard the word used so often in so many different circumstances that it seemed to be the word that was uttered when no one knew what else to say. It usually meant waiting. Waiting until mommy and daddy came home, the bus arrived, the waiter brought the food, School ended, the pain decreased, the rain stopped, or the car fixed. And so the word patience became associated with powerlessness, the inability to act, and a general state of passivity and dependence. But true patience, he says, is the opposite of passive waiting, in which we let things happen and allow others to make decisions. Patience means to enter actively into the thick of life and to fully bear the suffering within and around us. That was Henry Nouwen. And now we often think of patience as a kind of weak attribute, right? Especially so in a society today where strength is associated with dominance rather than restraint, right? We think of strength uh, as as it pertains to the ability to dominate a conversation, to dominate a meeting by seemingly being the most intellectual or perhaps the loudest, the most emotional, the most angry. And strength looks like the ability at times to intimidate or stir up feelings of insecurity in the seemingly inept. But the irony is this, what we commonly understand as strength is often driven by a deep void and weakness of the soul. The insatiable desire to impress, to outsmart and dominate often stems from a malnourished internal world. Someone once said that impatience is a hallmark of immaturity. It is a droning query from children in the back seat, saying, are we there yet? John Piper has this to say about patience. Patience is the evidence of an inner strength. Impatient people are weak and therefore dependent on external supports like schedules that go just right and circumstances that support their fragile hearts. There are outbursts of oaths and threats and harsh criticisms of the culprits who cross their plans do not sound weak, but that noise is all a camouflage of weakness. Patience demands tremendous inner strength. I like to put it to you that patience is the hallmark of the spiritually mature. Now, the English word of for patience has a range of meaning, right? It might look like being patient with people, being patient as you wait for your parcel, or being patient in difficult circumstances. But depending on your Bible translation, the, the same English word, patience, can be used to describe a whole number of different words in the Hebrew and Greek. And for today, we're going to look at two Greek words that are related to this idea of patience. And hopefully, uh, even as you do so, you will begin to grasp the entirety of the Apostle call, Paul called to us to cultivate, to embrace this fruit of patience. The first Greek word for patience that we look at uh, this morning is the Greek word makrofumeia. And we find this Greek word in Galatians chapter 5 as the Apostle Paul describes one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, that of patience. It is makrofumeia. Now this really speaks, this word speaks into our inter- personal relationships. It is patience with people. Now, we live in a personal universe created by a personal God, and our daily circumstances are inevitably formed by people. And so, in order for us to grow to be a patient people, we need to learn how to be patient with other people. uh translates uh, to, you know, patience, forbearance, long suffering, and also, interestingly, long anger. Now, this idea of long anger is not so much prolong anger or when you let anger drag out and extend to the point of offense or bitterness it is actually the op- opposite of that we see a similar phrase used when god reveals himself to moses and as god reveals his name his nature in exodus 34 this is what it says in scripture the lord yahweh the compassionate and gracious god slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness. Now we get that idea of a long anger from this text, that God is slow to anger. Slow to anger in the Hebrew is the words are erect which is an ancient word picture that loosely translates to being long of nostrils. Now before you get weirded out with that imagery and you get freaked out, think about what happens when you lose your temper, right? Your chest sucks in a gulp of air. And your nostrils flare out as you verbally unload your displeasure and your disdain toward the victim but however you know if you're slow to anger when you get mad you shut your mouth you purse your lips and you breathe in through your nose and you calm yourself down that's the kind of imagery that we get from slow to anger, being long of nostrils, calming yourself down, being slow to anger, not reactive, not explosive. The opposite of being slow to anger is not no anger, it's in fact quick-temperedness. And God is not quick-tempered. He is slow to anger. In the vast majority of cases, as we read through scripture, we notice that God, instead of punishing a people who are cruel, sinful, and thoughtless immediately, we see God instead of choosing to wait. Karl Barth, a theologian, says that the patience of God is purposeful concession of space and time. Now, many theologians would speak of this concession of space and time as a kind of redemptive time, a redemptive time. And we see that in the Bible, don't we, right? God wants his people not to sin. Then his people sin. And then God speaks to his people through prophets, through encounters, and he warns them again not to sin. That's why we have an entire you know uh, category of scripture devoted to God, uh, speaking through his prophets, warning his people not to sin again. And God does that. He's slow to anger. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He is not quick to punish. He warns them again and again in his mercy. And we see this also in the Genesis account, right, where Adam and Eve, after they disobeyed God, they didn't experience The immediate consequence of their action, that of death and eternal separation. God, while they certainly experienced some of the consequences of that action, right? Shame, hiding, working the ground, pain in childbirth, God chose to delay their judgment so that they could repent. But it was also so that He, God, could put in place his plan for redemption. The Bible tells us that God promises Eve that her offspring Word crushed the head of Satan. The promised Redeemer was coming. So instead of experiencing the immediate consequence of her action, dying, she was allowed to live and to bear life such that God would unfold his plan for redemption. Henry Cloud says this, Imagine for a moment the situation. God had created a perfect place with perfect creatures to live in eternity. And suddenly evil arrived on sin. What did God do? God moved immediately to protect humankind from being in a state of eternal isolation, experiencing pain for a long time. The pro- to protect Adam and Eve from eternal pain, he drove them out of eternity, guarded eternity with cherubim and sent them to a new place called redemptive time, where we live now. Here God could fix the problem, he could undo the effects of the fall, he could redeem his creation and then bring humanity back into eternity after everything was again holy and blameless. Philosophers and physicists have for centuries debated the nature of time, but for our purposes, let's define redemptive time as an incubator that exists for the purpose of redemption. Now, God didn't just do this for Adam and Eve, but for all of us. All of us have been recipients of God's patient love, His delayed anger, right, from the protecting mark on the murdered Cain, to the providential rainbow, to a world that forfeited its existence, his many restorations of disobedient Israel, his repeated pleadings with Jerusalem, his deferment of Christ's coming, these are all expressions of his patience. Second Peter verse 3 uh, chapter 3 verse 9 it says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, this verse is in context of Christ's coming. He's not slow in keeping His promise. He's delaying His judgment such that there is an opportunity, there is redemptive time for people to come into repentance. You and I have benefited from God's patience. He gives us life each and every day. He does not give us the punishment and consequence we so rightly deserve, Instead of death that we so rightly deserve, He gives us time and space, opportunity to repent and be redeemed. Now, why is all of this relevant? It's because when we realize our failings, when we realize where we have fallen short, and when we realize the grace to which we have been given, God's patient love toward us, as He gives us time, redemptive time, to reflect, to repent, and to be redeemed, we would then be more so inclined to be patient, more kind, and more gracious to others. And so just as God is patient with us by delaying His judgments, we are called to do the same for others. Another translation of the Greek word mea is divinely regulated patience. We need this kind of spirit-led, spirit-empowered patience in order to be compassionate, gracious, and yet at times be firm, be resolute when the time calls for it. Now this time, this redemptive time that we're talking about, it gives space for a few things, especially as it pertains to our relationships. It gives space for the other person to realise and then to apologise and then to be redeemed. But it also gives us the space to reflect on perhaps our own failings, or how we may have been complicit, we may have added to uh, that infraction or caused the relationship to be solved. It uh, gives us time and space to even examine the law in our own eyes. And my encouragement to you in this time, even as you see much evil injustice rising around us in the world, in societies today, is don't be quick to react. Do not be quick-tempered. But instead, allow for there to be a redemptive time for you to reflect. To even consider how you might have perpetuated in these cycles of injustices that you feel so strongly against and repent and allow for yourself to be redeemed and restored through the Spirit. Patience creates an opportunity for reflection and redemption. And just as God has been so gracious to us and offered us that, we are to offer the same to other people. Now, the second Greek word I would like to take you to this morning that relates to this idea of patience is the Greek word hypermeno. And hypermeno, if you split it up, it loosely translates to under, to remain under, to bear under the weight of something. Now, this refers to patience in suffering, patience in trials, in tribulations. Now, God desires to form... Patience in all of us. And I've heard this line uh, very recently, and honestly, it scared me a bit. It says this that when God desires to form patience in a person, He will put that person through the furnace of affliction. And while that statement is so uncomfortable, it bears so true, right? How else would we uh, have patience formed in us? How else would we be trained and conditioned to have our spiritual muscles proven unless we go through uncertain and difficult times? And that's why EXO at times no, just uh, throws the stream into lag and crashes the stream. It is to build patience in you. I'm just kidding of course, it's very difficult to run a stream and it's probably really stressed out right now and very anxious and making sure this stream is alive. But all this to say, when the stream crashes, great time for you to cultivate patience in you. So even though as we looked at the Father earlier, the God the Father, His nature, that of slow to anger and draw motivation for how we ought to treat others, let's look at Jesus as our model for what it looks like to be patient in suffering. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 and 7 says this, But Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. Verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before its shearers is silence. So he did not open his mouth. Jesus experienced extreme suffering. He was rejected by his closest friends. He was wrongfully arrested there were false witnesses at his trials he was beaten with 40 lashes he was paraded on the streets half naked as people mocked and shamed him and finally he was on the cross his hands and feet nailed as he died a slow painful death and as he bore the weight of our sin both past present and future he bore the weight of humanity's sin on him for the first time in his life he experienced isolation from the father whom he loved and that ache, that pain, that anguish. Jesus took on the cross, gladly for you and I. Jesus went through extreme, extreme suffering. And so when you and I face suffering of whatever kind in life, you and I can be patient in suffering because Jesus was. Jesus himself was. When you and I suffer, we suffer with Jesus, as scripture says. The Bible tells us that he is close to the broken hearted. So we can persevere in all suffering because Jesus did so and He is with us even when we suffer. But don't get me wrong, patience here is not merely passive resignation. It's not resigning to one's fate or will or to allow oneself to be trampled upon. It's, it does not sit down with his head bowed low and allow things to descend and pile up on top of it. It's not inactive until the storm passes. Rather, it is the spirit that can bear things, that can endure things. It's not simply resonation, but it is filled with a kind of blazing, white-hot hope. Psalm 40, verse 1, this is David saying, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. That word wait is the Hebrew word kavah, and it means to eagerly wait, to hope for, to expect. And this term captures a sense of optimism and hope along with the idea that all things will indeed work together for good. The strength of our patience hangs on our capacity to believe that God is up to something good, that there is good in store for us in the future because we are held by our loving Father, that God is up to something good even in the midst of our delays and detours. The key to patience is faith in God's glorious might to turn all of our pain, struggles, and interruptions into rewards Romans 2 verse 7 says this to those who by persistence or patience in doing good seek glory honor and immortality he will give eternal life now a word that best captures this idea of being patient in suffering is is the word endurance now endurance is not a word that we commonly use in our culture aside from athleticism or sports but endurance is such a key spiritual trait, something that is so needed, especially in the times that we're living in. Now, I would admit to say that these days, you know, uh, if we can be honest, uh, as we read scripture and particularly some of the, the more apocalyptic texts, you know, it seems to me that uh, the stuff that we read in the Bible th- doesn't really differ much from what we see on the news, right? truthfully. If you read Matthew chapter 24, and you read of uh, Jesus describing this dark and trying climate, that which is referred to as the last days, you read it and honestly it doesn't differ from much of what we read on the news. It says to us in scripture in the last days that lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. With lawlessness comes compromise, comes spiritual apathy. And many would profess to love God but utterly deny Him by their lifestyle. And this is the verse I want to take you to in Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. It says this, that he who endures will be saved. He who stands firm, he who perseveres, he who remains, he who is patient in suffering, will be saved. Now, even as you read a line like that, I'm sure many of us are immediately confronted with the fragility of our own self-will, of our own kind of effort, right? We know how weak we are. We know how... uh, Unable, incapable we are. We know how fragile our resolve is. How do we build that kind of endurance? How do we build a kind of uh, resolution, resilience in times of adversity? Well, first, it is through leaning onto the Holy Spirit, leaning on Jesus. The Spirit empowers us to endure far beyond what we could possibly do so in our own strength. He does he strengthens us but it's also this kind of intimate connection with him that we experience his abiding love and peace that sees us through the storms of life as jason puts it in matthew a matthew 24 context demands and requires a matthew 25 response that of ensuring that there is oil in our lamb that which speaks of preparedness and intimacy with god and the second way that god helps us Grow in patience, endurance, in suffering is really through the practice of patience with other people. He prepares us to be patient, to endure in times of suffering by putting us in situations and circumstances where we have to be patient with other people. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 says this, to endure hardship as discipline. Notice the writer doesn't say hardship is discipline. He's saying that we ought to endure hardship. We ought to look at hardship, trying circumstances, uncomfortable situations as a kind of discipline. Now, the word discipline loosely translates to a kind of training, if you will. Here's the difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment is something done to you for what you committed in the past. But discipline is something that you do to prepare yourself for the future. Think of it being Like a training, the discipline of an athlete, of an artist, of a master craftsman, someone who would willingly put themselves through hardship in order to be the best version of themselves. And we ought to do that when we face hardship, to discipline ourselves, to use that as a kind of training ground to cultivate the deep work of the Spirit. It's when we view everyday infractions, interruptions and delays as opportunities to cultivate patience, a training ground of sorts that the deep fruit of patience is formed in us. I'd like to put it to you that the same patience that we extend to others is the same patience that will preserve us in times of adversity. The, the way I picture it is, you know that uh, little squeezy kind of grabby thing that rock climbers will typically buy and they'll do these like squeezing little exercises that just looks really interesting and th- it is uh, for the purpose of building grip strength, right? And so they build that grip strength and this grip strength, this little movement, though seemingly insignificant and small, is what is going to give them the strength to scale the wall. And so is it. So it's the same where God puts us through our trying our moments in our relationships is to teach us patience, is to cultivate in us patience for trying times. It is where we withhold ourselves, our natural impulse to retaliate, to cast judgment, and choose to delay our anger, and and resist the urge of instant gratification. That. God forms in us a kind of patience that is resolute, that is resilient, that will stand, that will cause us to stand firm in trying times, in adversity. Paul gives us this encouragement in Romans chapter 5. He says we rejoice in our sufferings, we rejoice in hardship, knowing that this kind of hardship and suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, I believe that many of us aren't walking in our destinies or the fullness of our destinies. It's because God in His infinite wisdom and mercy, you know, won't give us more than what we can handle, right? You know, I think God is kind and gracious that He won't give us, you know, He won't bless us to the point that we are crushed by the blessing. Instead, He allows us to go through hardship such that we may be trained in patience, that character, deep character, may be formed in us so that we may be able to bear both the weight of blessing and adversity when it comes our way. God gives us, you know, in His grace and mercy, opportunities to form character, to develop patience, so that we may be prepared and trained for times of blessing and increase, but also for times of suffering and loss. Charles Spurgeon says this, the prince of preachers, he says, The waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries faith, exercises patience, trains submissions, and endears the blessing when it comes. That is to say, we grow to be more appreciative, thankful, and grateful when the blessing comes. James chapter 1 verse 4 says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I put it to you that patience, this fruit of the Spirit, this thing that is not just niceness but it's endurance, produces in us a joyful hope and mature character. While we wait patiently, God is working deeply in us. Let patience have its perfect work. Through practicing patience with others, The Spirit cultivates in us the fruit of patience, mature character, and a resolute hope so that we may be able to endure and persevere in times of adversity. I'll end off with a prayer that was penned by a pastor in New York City in response to the growing uh, uncertainty and unrest uh, in that city. And I think it's such an apt prayer for us to pray uh, even in this day. He pens this prayer, God of all patience, you created and permitted creation to form into humans. You watched Adam and Eve sin as, and you waited. You made covenant with Abraham and you waited. You liberated the children of Israel from Egypt and you waited. You gave your people the law and you waited. You opened the waters to the land and then waited. You made kings and prophets and waited. You waited more. And only then did you send your son in your spirit after all that waiting. Grant to us divine patience in our homes and with our families, patience waiting for our country's healing from this virus, patience in waiting for so many intrusions to sort themselves out, patience in waiting for one another in our communities that we might display to others divine patience, the kind of patience that evokes your goodness and grace and understanding through Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Patience with others is love. Patience with self is hope. Patience with God is faith. And God's patience with us is grace. And as people who have so freely received out of the abundance of God's grace, His patient love toward us, let us also be a people who exhibit that kind of patience to others, to be slow to anger, to be compassionate and gracious. And when we do so, the deep fruit, the deep work of the Spirit, that of patience is formed in us, so that we may be able to endure, be patient in suffering in times of adversity. I pray that over you this morning, that the God of patience, He who is slow to anger, will give you grace this day, even as you seek to grow in patience. God bless you, and let's go back into worship.